Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 39 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm glad that you're listening. We've got a fairly quick turnaround between episodes this week because, wouldn't you know it, Gil McLaughlin uh, didn't bother to consult podcasters about uh, putting together the rounds 9 through 12, so, you know, having 33 games in 20 days means I needed to get my tips for round 10 in before the games begin tomorrow evening. Got a lot of interesting stories going on this week, some inspiring ones. I'm going to guess that I was not the only person to uh, cry this weekend watching footy. So let's dive right into them. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't know if there's a more inspiring story this season. Well, one, the season being able to continue in the midst of everything that's going on. But how great was it to see Magic Daw back out there in that number one Guernsey over the weekend? That was absolutely wonderful. I'm not a Kangaroos fan. In fact, my cats are playing them in a few days. But doggone it, it was great to see him back out there. You know, almost two years after his last game, he triumphantly returned to the Roos side. And, and again, if you didn't tear up a little bit, if that didn't pull at your heartstrings a little bit, you know, I, I, I really have to think that you were uh, you were sent back to the year 2020 alongside a naked Arnold Schwarzenegger as some sort of a cybernetic organism, and you just don't have any feelings. Because that was absolutely beautiful to see that. You know, I think that the human spirit in most of us caused us to well up a little bit, to, to maybe even cry. And and I don't know about you, even to try to imitate Magic's, you know, infectious smile. Because it is it is terrific to see that young man happy and back out doing what, he loves, and as Dermot Brereton said, reclaiming his life. And I've included several clips from the uh, the different news media sources of this week um, in the show notes. If you haven't seen these yet, you know, especially if you're here in the States or around the world, you might not have seen these. But uh, this was a young man, for those of you that don't know the story, that attempted suicide in December of 2018 and had some catastrophic injuries and has recovered from them physically and is recovering mentally and has gone back and begun to do one of the things that he loves and that's playing footy. So it was terrific to see him back out there. I also posted a link. uh, I believe it came off of somebody's Instagram where I believe it's his wife and his son were watching him kick his first goal back in this first game and it just it just really pulled at my heartstrings and I have a feeling it probably did the same thing with a lot of you as well and if if it didn't uh, remind me which Terminator film you were in so I can make sure I pick up a copy of that one and add it to my collection and you know if you saw you know Dermot Brereton's comments as well in his conversation with Reese Shaw it was just so revealing you know, I did not know, and I really still don't know a whole lot about the background of uh, his family. But it sounds like he's had some personal tragedy very comparable to what Majak dealt with in his life. And it was great to, you know, to see him be able to, while he hasn't, you know, embraced him in reality yet, physically, that sort of thing, and been able to talk to him as far as we know, he was able to talk about the things that are going on with this young man's life and try to draw some parallels, but with what he has dealt with 
in his lifetime as well. So I think it was terrific that he was able to do that. And if you haven't had a chance to watch it, I, like I said, I strongly encourage you taking a look at this because it was really a, uh, it was just some fascinating video. Okay, some really fascinating video. So I hope you get a chance to, to check that out. Now, the second story that I wanted to get into today, uh, they announced that uh, round 13 is going to be the uh, the Sir Douglas Nichols Indigenous round, and the Dreamtime game is getting moved to T.O. Stadium up in Darwin this year. So the Bombers and the Tigers are going to be playing up there. And for those of you that are in the States, this round, as I said, is the Sir Douglas Nichols Indigenous round. And I'm going to actually do a, a, an episode on... Uh, Sir Douglas Nichols here in the coming weeks. For those of you who are not familiar with who he is, I've done a little bit of reading on him, but very fascinating story about this gentleman and, and what he did with his life and why he is so honored with having this round named after him. And this round is basically it's for recognizing players, you know, who are in indigenous and as the uh, article from ESPN that I linked in the show notes said, quote, that they have changed the game's history and faced racism and discrimination to fight for equality and recognition. And there were some changes that were made, uh, I believe it was the mid-90s, maybe the mid-80s. I'll have to go back and look at that, that date. But uh, I'm going to do a little bit of a deep dive into uh, Sir Douglas Nichols in an upcoming episode here in the next few weeks before school starts back up again. But it was, a, it was really interesting to see that they're going to be playing this game in Darwin. They'll be able to have fans in the stands up there. It's right now the first game that's going to be in Darwin. So maybe they'll end up moving a hub there and have more games played there as the last five rounds of the, uh, the season, uh, their fixture comes out. Not sure where everybody's going to be yet. I know they've got some games supposedly being played up in Cairns now as well. Um, I talked to somebody uh, online, uh, Rick Shibani, and he mentioned that uh, they were looking at, I believe, uh, it's the name of the town, Wollongong, as a possible location for some games as well. And I, I had to, I was not familiar with that city, so I had to look up where that one happened to be, and I probably screwed up the pronunciation of it. So I apologize for that if that's the case. But uh, it's going to be. Uh, Interesting to see how they go about uh, getting the rest of these games in. Because if they're planning on holding the, the grand final, possibly at Metricon or at the GABA, I would think that by the time this season is up, the surface of those stadiums has got to be torn up pretty severely. That they're going to have to start looking at, at resodding, bringing in new grass to replace areas that have been chopped up. So... There's going to be a lot of work that has to be done there. Now, the the third story that I wanted to dive into today, and this is one, and I actually just posted a, uh, a poll on Twitter about this as well. And it's one of those things that you, you know, sometimes you would see these things happen within the course of a game, and maybe you wouldn't notice it it's behind the scenes or it's happening during the action. You know, you think back to, uh, I think it was last year, where uh, Ben Stratton, uh, basically tried to, to turn Orazio Fantasia into a, a pin cushion where you, you watched him pinching him the entire game. And if I'm not mistaken, he got suspended for a game for that. But what do you think about uh, what Jake Carlisle from uh, St. Kilda did the other day? 
with uh, Dane Rampey. Now, you know, for those of you who didn't uh, didn't hear Dane Rampey of the Swans, uh, he broke his hand last week in round eight playing against uh, Hawthorne. Earlier in the week, uh, this week he had surgery and he had some screws and a plate put into his hand and was wearing a glove and was actually uh, picked by John Longmire to be in the 22 this week, was actually out playing. Had a fairly decent game. But during his stoppage of play in the third quarter, and this was not, like I said, this was not something that was happening off the ball or away from everything where, you know, maybe people in the stands might have seen it, but the umpires might not have. There's Jake Carlisle taking swings at and trying to punch at Dane Rampey's broken hand. And, uh, you know, looking to me like he was trying to further damage the hand. Now, I don't know the history of these two gentlemen. I don't know if they maybe played against one another growing up. Maybe they were teammates. I don't have a clue. But did it look classless to you? You know, he ultimately ended up getting fined $500 by the league for this. Um, and I saw a couple of tweets online. Uh, Adam Curley, Curley, who's a journalist, uh, he called him out saying that, uh, that he was stuck in the year 2002. And Andrew Wu, who works for the Sydney Morning Journal, put on his uh, Twitter page, he said that uh, Jake Carlisle deliberately hitting uh, Dane Rampey's broken hand in a scuffle. Fair play because he's crossed the white line or poor form or both. And like I said, what would you consider this to be? Is this a, is this a dirty action on his part? Is it classless? Or is, is Rampey's hand fair game because he's playing? Now, I know, you know, if you've been watching the game for 30, 40, 50 years, you might be somebody who, you know, has seen things that I can only imagine in terms of the, the physicality and the, uh, you know, maybe the maybe the brutality, if you will, that took place during a course of, of, of games decades ago. But this this sort of thing has kind of been legislated out of the game, if you will. So I'd love to hear what you think. Um, if you're on Twitter, like I said, I put up a poll for the next week or so. Uh, you know, you can go ahead and answer on there and, you know, provide a comment on there if you're at all uh, wanting to do so. You know, shoot me an email at yankonthefooty at gmail.com or you can just leave a comment right there on Twitter at yank underscore on. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think it's a little classless. Um, you know, we had, a, uh, we had a situation many, many years ago with one of the, uh, the sports teams in the area. And it was interesting because it was actually a girls cross country team and they got into a little hot water for this. And, you know, they had their team shirts and the team shirt said on the back of them, if we can't beat you on the course, we'll beat you in the parking lot. There were a lot of parents that weren't real happy about that shirt. Uh, So (laughs) just thought thought I should share that with you. That one just popped into my head there. But, uh, you know, hopefully we don't see too much of that because, again, Playing hard physical footy is great, but watching the petty stuff like that, I mean, is that the kind of thing that you want to have kids seeing? Is that the kind of thing that you want to have, you know, normalized for kids saying, okay, you know what, it's okay to go ahead and uh, exploit, you know, my uh, my opponent's weakness. You know, think, uh, think about Danielson back in the original Karate Kid, you know, sweep the knee. It's... Uh, I don't know. Just beat him fair and square. Of course, then some people think that uh, that Danielson shouldn't have won that tournament because he kicked uh, his opponent Johnny, I think, in the head. So <laughs> I'm getting way off track here, but uh, I just I thought it was rather interesting what uh, Carlisle did this week, and I wanted to see what your thoughts were on that. 
Now, back here in the States, uh, we are dealing with COVID as, as you are as well. And uh, I'll, I'll get into you know, that a little bit here before I wrap up this episode. But Major League Baseball is about 15% of the way through the season now. That's only a 60-game season as opposed to 162 games. But uh, the season is, is arguably on the ropes. The commissioner of the game has publicly stated the season may shut down because we're starting to see more and more instances of COVID-19 outbreaks happening. Uh, currently, there are six teams out of the 30 that are not playing games because either they've had players test positive for COVID or they've interacted recently with a club who had players that tested positive. So the entire schedule that they had laid out, because again, you've got 30 teams playing 60 games each, traveling from city to city because we're not doing hubs. We're still traveling to the home ballparks. That has kind of been turned on its ear at this point in time. And uh, they announced, the Major League Baseball announced that they've done almost 12,000 tests and they've had 20 players test positive. Now, there have been coaches, there have been people that work in the clubhouse, in the locker rooms. There have been people that have been involved with the game on the periphery who have tested positive, but they've had 20 players test positive out of 12,000 tests. 18 of those players are with the Miami Marlins, and they haven't played a game in well over a week now. So their schedule is way backed up. Who knows if they'll catch up with all the games they're supposed to play. And there have been two players from the St. Louis Cardinals who have also tested positive. So, you know, I'm I'm genuinely concerned as to whether or not the season's going to end up going forward because, you know, this isn't necessarily an injury. This is an illness. This is something that, that can then be transmitted to somebody else relatively easily. And if, if the players aren't going to take seriously the ramifications or the, the preventative measures that they need to take in order to actually stop this from happening... I don't know what recourse the league has other than to maybe shut down the season and hope to ride this thing out and be able to come back in 2021. I really think, you know, it's difficult baseball since they play every day. And I know I've mentioned this in a previous episode. They not, they may not have the luxury of playing in the hubs. You know, they they talked about it a little bit. They talked about maybe playing in Arizona and playing in Florida. And if you're here in the States and you're following the news, or even, I've seen this a lot on Twitter, even if you're in Australia and you're following the news, you're seeing a lot of things being broadcast out there about the, you know, uptick in cases in Florida and Arizona and places like that. Now, again, they're, you know, they're having a lot more people, you know, testing positive because they're testing a lot more people. So it's great that we're finding out who has it. So... The reason I brought this up is that if baseball shuts down, there's going to be this huge gap for sports entertainment again because there's really not a whole lot going on here. You've got golf. You've got auto racing. They're they're wrestling every week. You've got professional wrestling. The UFC has, what, their fight island somewhere. I don't know where they built that island. Is that, is that in Dubai, I think? Um, and the NFL hasn't started, and I don't know if the NFL is going to have any more success having a season than Major League Baseball does. So we might see this huge influx or this reintroduction of American fans back into footy. Because again, this week we have, I think, five or six of the games this week that are being broadcast here in the States. I just saw the schedule for round 10. I just actually posted it on my uh, my Facebook page. But we might start to see Americans who are, are scrambling for sports again 
come back to footy and hopefully they're still there. But if they if they've gone away because baseball started back up, they may be coming back again. And this may be an opportunity for footy to really grab them and hold on to them. Because if certainly if it, you know, if the NFL season gets interrupted or college football gets interrupted at all, this would be a great opportunity again for for footy to be able to get a foothold here. Pun sort of intended. And uh and really make a name here. And hopefully things are, are you know, cleared up that in the future, maybe maybe a game like they talked about with GWS and Essendon could actually be played here in the state somewhere. Who knows? Now, before I wrap up this week, and this is going to be a, a little bit shorter of an episode than, than normal, I did want to give you my tips for this week. And again, you're going to find out I'm no expert. I got five out of nine games right this week. Had an absolutely terrible week. Unfortunately, I wish that I'd gotten four out of nine right. Because, you know, I, I tipped against my cats, as I'll mention here. And they played well for much of the game. Had a few mistakes. Had a few brain farts, if you will. And the Eagles capitalized on them. And they they took advantage of it and were able to, you know, to, to scratch out a win. So, here are my tips again, purely for entertainment purposes. Don't put your mortgage money into a multi-bet based upon what I'm telling you. So, Port Adelaide and Western. I've got Port winning this game by eight points. I think that, you know, just after the halfway point of the fixture, Port has played consistent football for almost the entire year. They had a huge hiccup against Brisbane a couple of weeks ago. And I think that's going to continue this week. And, you know, they're facing the Bulldogs who are looking up at the top eight right now. But if you look at the if you look at the uh, the ladder, what's interesting? Um, actually, the Bulldogs are in the top eight. I should correct myself there. They have the lowest percentage of any team in the top eight. Now, this is going to be a competitive matchup. Don't get me wrong. This is going to be competitive, but I think that uh, the Power is going to are going to have come out on top here. Now, it's going to be a quick turnaround because the Power have only got a four day turnaround, and I think the Bulldogs have a five day turnaround. So that might work to their advantage. We may see some changes where they start to rest players, so these could certainly uh, be much different uh, outcomes than, than what I'm predicting here. But based upon what the people that have been playing, I've got Port winning this one by eight points. Now, Brisbane and Richmond. I've got Brisbane winning this one by ten points, and I, to me, this is the game of the week. You know, Charlie Cameron has just signed a long-term deal to stay with the Lions. The Lions have won three in a row. Again, short turnaround for them, four days. The Tigers have had, I think, six days off. So that works, I think, in the Tigers' behalf, having those extra days to prepare. I think the Tigers you know, are a little bit of an older club as well. And they've started to play better, but I think right now Brisbane is going to be able to take care of them by 10 points. Now, again, this is one I won't be shocked if Richmond wins it because Richmond is starting to make that push like they did last year where they struggled. They had a lot of injuries. They, people were writing them off at the midway point of the season, and they made that push towards the end of the season and ended up, well, they won the whole damn thing again. But I think Brisbane will hold them off for this week. Now, Geelong and North Melbourne. I've got the Cats winning this one by 16. I tipped them to lose against the Eagles. I picked the Eagles last week. And damn it, I was you know, really hoping that I would have to issue my second mea culpa. 
I probably wouldn't, though. I would have just said this week that, boy, I'm glad I got it wrong. They played well against the Eagles, like I said, but they, you know, they had some big miscues in the second half, and West Coast definitely capitalized on them. You know, the Cats are really struggling still at the ruck position, which is where, again, you know, the uh, the Roos are going to have a huge advantage with uh, Todd Goldstein. The Cats should start to get back some of their players. Maybe Joel Selwood is back this week. The Roos scored a ton of points last week. Yeah, they did score them against a... Uh, a depleted Crows squad. They they were missing several people who were normally in their 22. I think they're going to be hard-pressed to do that this week. So like I said, I've got the Cats winning this one by 16. Hey, Zach Martin, I know you're one of the newest uh, Ruse supporters, and uh, I hope you enjoy the game, but don't enjoy it too much, okay? Uh, <laughs> now, Melbourne and Adelaide. I've got Melbourne winning this one by 12 points. You know, Melbourne has the talent to win a lot of games. They got to figure out how to do it. I mean, they are all over the map. Win here, lose here, win a game you don't think you're going to win, lose a game you think they're going to win. Yeah, I think they'll win this one. You know, but I I wouldn't be surprised to see the Crows battle back. You know, they're that's a young group, but there are still some veterans there. They've got some pride. They're they're going to you know push to have a a good um, follow up, a positive follow up to the shellacking that they took at the hands of uh, North Melbourne last week. So I think that this is going to be a competitive contest, but I still think Melbourne takes this one by by two goals. Now, Collingwood and Sydney. I've got Collingwood winning this one by nine points. I came really close to tipping this one in favor of the Swans. You know, both teams have been struggling to score. And, you know, and the Swans are arguably going to have the younger legs on the ground, but I think that the Pies, you know, even though Scott Pendlebury probably won't be back, they're still missing to goey. I think that they're going to have enough veteran leadership on the field, you know, side bottoms back in the lineup. I hadn't noticed it before, but um, this was this past weekend was the first time that I'd seen Tim Broomhead listed as an emergency because I don't think he's played in an AFL game since he had that compound fracture of his leg. And I know I've seen his name show up in uh, some of the, the, like the, the VFL games and some of the training stuff, but it, it was great to see him listed as an emergency. I mean, that, that, that'd be terrific to see him back out there playing after what, what he dealt with. Um, but like I said, I think the Pies still have enough veteran leadership to bounce back. You know, they, they lost a game to the Dockers that, you know, the Dockers played a fantastic game, and, and Collingwood's going to be angry about that, and I think they're going to win this one by a goal and a half. Now, St. Kilda and Gold Coast. I've got St. Kilda winning this one by 12 points. The Saints are playing great footy right now, and they've won four out of the last five. They're playing with a lot of confidence, and they're certainly looking like a team that could be a flag contender. Gold Coast, they played well against the Giants this past week, but again, they're, they're struggling to convert that good play into points. You know, are, are they at the point right now where, as a young club, they're starting to hit that midseason wall that they've hit the last few years where they've struggled to win games? I hope not, because they have been a fun club to watch. They've got a lot of excitement going on right now. They've had a big growth in their membership. Now, again, other teams would chuckle at those numbers. But when it comes to Gold Coast, those numbers are pretty solid for them. Even if they haven't hit that wall, I think the Saints are too strong right now and that they're going to go ahead and uh, take that game okay, by a couple of goals. 
And the last game of the week, GWS and Essendon. And I've got GWS winning this one by 13. You know, the Bombers have had a couple of really bad losses over the, the last few weeks. And if you look at the ladder, they've got a lower percentage. And I think they're ninth on the ladder right now, I believe. Let me take a peek here real quick. I think they're ninth on the ladder. Maybe 10th. But I think they're ninth. And if you look at it, their percentage is extraordinarily low. Yeah, they're ninth right now on the ladder. They're ninth on the ladder. And if you look at their percentage, it is lower than five of the six clubs that are directly behind them on the ladder. Yeah, they've won a few close games. But if they continue to struggle to score like they have been, and I don't know if they'll be successful you know, doing that with the Giants, the Giants are playing much better footy than they were earlier in June. They've, they've kind of went into a funk, and now they've, they've kind of rediscovered themselves. Now, again, Toby Green went down with a, uh, a hamstring injury. He's probably not going to play this week, I would imagine, because it's going to be a shorter turnaround because they just played uh, Sunday night here, or Sunday morning here, Sunday night in uh, – in Australia. So he may be off for this week as he heals his, his leg. But yeah, you've got, uh, you know, Essendon has got a you know, percentage of 88.2 and you look at number, t- you know, number 10 on the ladder, who is, uh, you know, two points behind them is Collingwood. Their, their percentage is 24 points higher. Heck, even Gold Coast has a percentage that is, uh, above a hundred. Carlton's is much higher. You know, there's only a, uh, a four point difference there. Hawthorne's is lower. And that's the first one you run into that actually has a lower percentage than Essendon there. So they're struggling to score points and they're struggling to keep their opponents from scoring points. So there's my tips for the seven games this week. Again, don't take my advice. I'm just doing this for fun. Let me know where I'm wrong. Let me know where you think I might be right. Um, So ladies and gents, I going to wrap it up here now. And one of the goals that I've been doing recently is to try to create this mailing list. And I've got around 20 people that have signed up folks that are listening to a yank on the footy in the show notes. There's a link for a Google form. If you want to get on the, uh, the list so that when a new episode comes out, I will send it to you before I send the list or before I send the podcast out to anyone else, please feel free to sign up. You know, when I decide to, you know, do a live show, which I'm going to do it. I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to do it. I want to be able to send out that invitation and tell people, hey, here's what's going to go on. Do you want to come on and talk some footy? I'd love to have you on that email list in order to do that. Okay. I'm not, uh, you know, not selling you a bunch of stuff, although I am looking at having a, uh, a few things available on one of the sites like Redbubble here fairly soon. I've got somebody who's going to help me to design a couple of things that I, I'm wanting to put out there. So if you want to go ahead and get on the email list, it's in the show notes. I'd love for you to sign up. If you happen to have a uh, an idea for a show topic, I told you I'm going to do a uh, deep dive into Sir Douglas Nichols. Or if you've got something that you think I should dig into or somebody who think you think would be a great guest, maybe it's you. Because, again, one of the things I, I'm hoping to do is to talk to people who, you know, they haven't necessarily played the game, but are fans that love the game and have a passion for it and have great stories about their experiences. Now, sure, I absolutely want to talk to to players and people involved in the front office and, and things of that nature. 
but I want to talk to, to folks who are fans as well. So if you know someone, or maybe it's you, feel free to drop me a DM on Twitter or shoot me an email at yankofthefootygmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And don't forget that while you can find all of the episodes to the podcast at yankonthefooty.podbean.com, and that's where they show up first, you can find it on, on all of your favorite uh, podcast providers. Okay, and now that you've given it a listen, especially if you're new, even if you've been listening for a while, I'd love for you to consider giving me a review on Apple Podcasts. It lets me know how I'm doing, lets them know. Maybe it you know makes my podcast a little bit more visible. I've had some uh, some good growth in terms of the numbers of people listening. Had some significant uh, bumps in terms of listenership over the last uh, week and a half or two weeks. I appreciate that. I thank you for taking time out of your day and listening. I thank you for sharing it with your friends. And again, don't forget that you can reach me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. Also on Twitter at yank underscore on. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram at a yank on the footy. I want to thank before we get out of here today, Mr. Joseph McDade for the use of uh, the two pieces of music, Elevation and Backplate. He's produced some great stuff. You can find him on Spotify and you can also find him at josephmcdade.com slash music. Again, thanks, Mr. McDade. And, uh, those of you who are living in Victoria, I know that you're in the beginning stages of stages of what has been called a state of disaster. We're thinking about you. We're praying for you. We're hoping this gets wrapped up soon. You know, I know there are a lot of people doing different things. It's not my place to tell you to do this or don't do that. That's not my job. It's not my position to say that sort of thing, but... Do what you think is, is best. Look out for yourself. Take care of each other. You know, ensure that you take care of your health. You take care of your family. Don't forget to reach out to people. Okay, talk to one another. I have placed in the show notes again this week the, uh, the links to the uh, Lifeline and Beyond Blue. You know, hopefully those are numbers that nobody needs to use, but let's be honest. Those are numbers that are probably getting much more use than, than we, you know, than we certainly want to have them being used. So take care of each other, call one another, FaceTime with them, get onto Skype, whatever you need to do, stay in contact with your friends and family. Even if you can't physically go see them right now, stay in touch with them. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening. Because while many of us are fans of our teams deep down, we're fans of a game that we all love, and that's the game of footy. And again, for those of you who are starting to watch games here in the U.S. or in Canada, don't forget that Australian rules football, it's why they invented the DVR. Again, thanks so very much, and I ask you to, to share the podcast with your friends and family, and may your dribble kick never hit the post. I'll catch you later. This has been episode 39 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at a yank on the footy. 
Again, thanks for listening, and please consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. Goodbye, ladies and gentlemen. Stay safe.